0: for some reason, this is not looked at as a business or industry. I mean, of course, the IRS looks at as a business, they take their cut, but the general public does not. And it's, it's very difficult and it is a business. And so stability, like anyone is desired. And that leaves you in very unstable circumstances when you are at the mercy of a bank. It's not only fans fault. I mean, they. They, ha- they accept fiat they have to do what the banks say so only fans unfortunately got the backlash of that but the reality is it they have to they can only do with what they can do
1: welcome to the progressive Bitcoiner podcast where we explore the intersection of Bitcoin and progressive issues I'm your host Mark Stefani my guest today is Ali Ray She is a former Navy veteran turned neonatal intensive care unit nurse. She also found additional success in the adult entertainment industry, but due to unfortunate circumstances, she had to leave her nursing position, but has subsequently accomplished an incredible amount in her new entrepreneurial endeavors. We talk about her life as a nurse and the transition to the adult entertainment industry and how that industry is affected by banking regulations. We also explore the reasons why she has started her new venture, WetSpace, that is a platform for adult content creators Using cryptocurrencies as a means of payment. Thank you so much for listening. Please enjoy this episode with Ali Ray. Well, Ali Ray, thank you so much for joining me on the Progressive Bitcoiner podcast. I'm so happy to have you here.
0: Great. Thank you so much for having me.
1: So, you will have established yourself as the social media adult content creator star, but you had a pretty significant profession before all of this. And so I would like you to tell us a little bit about your experience as a, a NICU nurse before doing what you're doing currently.
0: Yeah, my, you know, nursing is really where I always felt my passion was. And it's kind of, you know, I went to school for a long time and i getting my master's and I went into initially labor and delivery. And then I was very nervous around the babies. And so I ended up shadowing in the NICU and falling in love with it. And so I spent nine years as a level four NICU nurse, um, which is the highest acuity. I was very good at my job. I I do miss a lot of aspects about it. But um, yeah, it was something that I I always seen myself doing and ended up spending a lot of time there.
1: How long were you a nurse?
0: I was a nurse for nine years.
1: And you were also in the, the Navy, correct?
0: I was. I went into the Navy at 17 years old. And so I was super young. Um, and I spent six and a half years in the Navy, active duty.
1: How How do you think your military experience uh, made you a better nurse?
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, just everything. The military truly set me up for success because it really taught me, especially at a young age, um, just discipline. You know, just like chain of command, even professionalism. Um, I was actually, I worked for the admiral's office. So I was a writer, um, and I wrote like the awards and speeches and such. So I developed amazing writing skills, which definitely carried me through, you know, my graduate degree and such. So it was, um, there was a tremendous amount of benefit. And then just the being independent at such a young age, I think you, you learn a lot really quickly.
1: Being a NICU nurse is obviously one of the most challenging nursing positions that you could have, and you're faced with weekly, daily situations that are incredibly emotionally burdensome. I'm wondering how you were able to comfort grieving families, and did your means by doing so change as your career went on?
0: yeah, I will say that's one thing I pride myself with. i I really truly believe I was born to be a NICU nurse. I had just an innate ability to um, bond with these families not only as a mother, but just as a compassionate side of things. You know, it's especially in that level of acuity. It's not always happy so it's never a happy story, but um things can get really ugly really quick. Um, and it's one of the things that I pride myself on. I keep in contact still with a lot of my uh, primary patients, families that you know, the babies that did survive. Who countlessly times again tell me how much just me being their nurse impacted um, not only their experience with their child in the NICU but also just overall their emotional well-being. You know, we became friends and someone they can con- you know confide in and that took care of their little one when they weren't there and they felt confident when they would leave in the evening to leave their baby with me. So um, that's something I always you know I always took to heart and I'll never forget. I, a lot of nurses have obviously compassion and great bedside manner. Um, But I do believe I was very superior at it. And um, I had a lot of people that, you know, really definitely brought that up and would bring that kind of information to management and just always talking about how I made them feel comfortable. So for me, that's probably the biggest thing I miss about being a nurse is just being able to um, not only do my physical nursing duties, but just that compassionate side of things because it's truly something that just lives within me.
1: So, you feel like it's innate or or was it something that you tried to continue to hone over your career?
0: I think it just became natural to me. I'm just a compassionate person, and I think you you know add the fact that I'm a mother i I will not claim to have ever been a NICU mother because uh, those are the strongest mothers I know. But I will say, um I cannot imagine leaving my baby you know with a nurse or someone um especially when they're premature and such so it's something that I I just really enjoyed and I felt like I was great at it. It didn't take effort for me to try to be that way. It was just natural.
1: Would you mind telling us about your experience that ultimately made you leave nursing?
0: Yeah. So, um, you know, I, if we take it back, I started during the pandemic, just kind of doing like beer reviews and things like that on an Instagram, more of a vlogging and What ultimately ended up happening and how I was discovered of what I was actually doing on OnlyFans, which in itself was a progressive thing, um, was the Bruins. I had posted some type of photo on Instagram that was retweeted or retagged or something by the Boston Bruins. And so a lot of people seen it. And whoever initially seen it brought the information to management that my Instagram was a little racy or that it for some reason wasn't appropriate for the hospital, So I was, you know, brought in, I was talked, they talked to me about it, just a social media policy, fairly appropriate conversation, in my opinion. And I just kind of assured them, like, you know, I don't want anyone to know what I'm doing, you know, this and that. And they didn't bring up the OnlyFans at that point. Um, It wasn't until a series of meetings later to where I actually was called in. And there was now, from what I understand now, a group of five nurses who had actually subscribed to my OnlyFans, taken screenshots of my content you know, censored and sharpied out my private parts and then gave that to management. So I was actually presented that by management as, you know, to have a talk with them, which was the most horrifying thing ever. Um, And at that point is when they said, you've become such a distraction on the unit that you need to either delete this content or leave. Now, mind you, at that point, as a nurse, maybe monthly, I was making like $6,000 a month. I was making on OnlyFans $50,000 a month. Okay, so I did not need to be there. So when I was faced with that, I was not ready to leave. Like I truly was pushed out of nursing. I probably would have stayed there for years to come, continuing to make that kind of money on the side. And and I just truly loved what I did. Um, So unfortunately, with the distraction that it caused on the unit, it was my best interest to leave too, because it had gotten kind of toxic. Um, you know, I went from being a very respected nurse on the unit, high seniority to people now looked at me as, Oh, she has this only fans and it was just unfortunate. So I, I chose to leave at that point.
1: So it was positioned that you were the distraction,
0: mm-hmm.
1: not the people who were distracted by it.
0: Exactly. And I didn't bring the distraction about how I was actually mortified that people had found out about what I was doing on the side. Um, so they had created the distraction, not me. And so it really was unfair because I, I have an alias. I didn't identify where I worked. Of course, I would never want to do that and bring any negative t- attention to any NICU unit or any hospital that cares for patients. So it just, yeah, I was presented with the ultimatum. And so I decided to leave because I also felt, even if I was to delete all this content tomorrow, it's still a distraction. People knew I did it. So I really didn't feel like that would have solved the problem to begin with. Um, And of course, when you think about how much money that is, it wasn't like I was making 500 extra dollars and it's like, all right, I could probably get rid of my side gig. Like this was legit money. It's just paying off student loans. It's just not, it was a pretty easy decision at that point when you think about it that way.
1: So then you leave your career for a new one, uh, entrepreneurial role. Was there a change in mindset with having to go from shift work from a unit nurse uh, to an entrepreneur? 100%
0: 100% because um, of course, you know, it's a lot of money. And although I was quadrupling or more, my, my income as a nurse, it never felt like permanent stable money. You know, it always felt like, holy cow, let's milk this way we can, it's going to go away. Um, but it wasn't until I left nursing till I realized this has to be a business now. Like this is, This is our family. This is our livelihood. And so um, I started treating it that way very much. And, um, you know, we have marketing dollars having, you know, promote doing actually treating it as a business and building a brand. Um, And I believe that entrepreneurial spirit always must have lived in me because my success on OnlyFans is actually quite remarkable when you consider how many girls attempt to do this, um, especially considering I had no background in social media, no following at all, um, I have to sometimes take a step back and be impressed with myself because I really did utilize all business, you know, tools that I had to truly build that brand. And so, yeah, it was a really a major shift. Um, I will tell you, once you work for yourself, it's very difficult to go back working for someone else. So I feel um, I can't ever imagine doing that. I definitely, um, I enjoy that power and putting my hard work into something and seeing the results directly.
1: So how do you actually measure success now as an entrepreneur? It's got to be more than just number of fans or your monthly income. What What are your measures for success?
0: I think for, for me, success in general, in a nutshell, is happiness and being able to have financial stability, be home with my family. I define success that way. And as long as no matter what I'm making, if I'm able to do that, then I consider myself successful. Um, but when you look at it from a business perspective, In this industry, I'm a 37-year-old woman. I'm very well aware that there are plenty of younger girls in much better shape and look much better. Um, I understand there's not a, I can't directly compete there. I have to just stay in my lane and do what I'm doing. Um, But for me to carry on and build something bigger outside of OnlyFans, I think is where um, I really wanted to take things, which, you know, in terms of wet space and such is I wanted to be more than just the OnlyFans and take that. And when my story broke out and went viral, I naturally became this advocate for sex workers. And I, I don't know how it happened, but I think it's just that my face was a breath of fresh air. Maybe I wasn't the typical sex worker that people would think. Um, and so they listened to me and people respected me and um, I fell into that role. And so I wanted to utilize that and um, you know bring on success and build things
1: bigger. How long were you on OnlyFans before they decided to uh, kick off the adult content temporarily?
0: Um I had just hit a year actually and my story had got out and I was doing astronomically well that month in particular um it was the week after so I was very concerned about what was happening here I am at the peak you know I've just you know started making all this crazy crazy even more crazy amounts of money and now they're going to shut down you know so I was I was very concerned, but I also believe I was fairly level headed about um, not just immediately jumping ship and driving my traffic somewhere. There was a lot of thought that went into that, and a lot of girls did do that. Um, and I stayed true to it. And fortunately enough, you know, they reversed their ban, but um, it definitely left me thinking about my business and the stability of it.
1: Were you aware of banks' ability to cut off? payments not only to people, but particular industries such as adult entertainment prior to this OnlyFans ban?
0: Um, I was not. I actually, you know, I had heard about, I think, you know, Pornhub had gone through something similar, but I knew theirs was really more of a KYC issue. Um, But I wasn't very, heck, I didn't even know much about OnlyFans, you know, when I joined in it. I just knew some chick Bella Thorne, you know, made all this money on there one day and everybody heard about it. And I'm like, I got to check it out. Um, But I wasn't aware of that, but it definitely was an eye opener. and was a little scary. It was kind of like, wow, this is like, you know, I'm at the, everything we've built is truly at the mercy of just this platform. And that I don't like not having control. And that scared me for sure.
1: Can you share some of the stories and experiences you've heard from other women who have been cut off uh, from their work in this manner?
0: Yeah. um, I know a lot of people um, it's difficult to move to other platforms. And a lot of, uh, creators did try to do that. And in the midst of it, realistically, you're going to lose some volume. You know, you're going to, every time you do that and you shift your traffic somewhere, you know, you're going to lose that. So a lot of girls did lose a lot of subscribers and and such. Um, but what I have found mainly when I talk to sex workers and people in this industry, I don't even like that term. I, I've never even referred to myself as that, but is, Everyone has really their own reasoning for this. And one of the things that really scared me the most and didn't apply to me, but I know is very common is a lot of these girls that are in this now previously were potentially on the streets were stripping, um, were doing things in person. And so OnlyFans was really for some of them, a lifesaver and a way for them to still do what they do, but in a safer manner. When I thought about that and the position there, and here I am, just concerned about losing my money in my business. These people, this is like a safety thing for them. And so, uh, you know, I heard a lot of stories like that. Um, I think people are generally concerned. For some reason, this is not looked at as a business or industry. I mean, of course, the IRS looks at it as a business; they take their cut. But the general public does not. And it's it's very difficult, and it is a business, and so stability, like anyone, is desired, and that leaves you in very unstable circumstances when you are at the mercy of a bank. It's not OnlyFans' fault. I mean, they they ha- they accept fiat; they have to do what the banks say. So OnlyFans, unfortunately, got the backlash of that. But the reality is, it they have to they can only do with what they can do.
1: Well, let's touch on that. Walk us through the level of. Hustling that you're doing uh, on a monthly basis with regard to content creation, the marketing dollars, all this other uh, gear lighting, et cetera, et cetera, that you need to to pull this off It's not uh, a simple show up with my iphone and and do this and expect to to get success. Walk us through what that looks like
0: yeah um I mean this it's very easy to look at influencers or people in this industry and see, oh, they're just posting all these fun stories and pictures, and they're going about their day. It's really not that simple. It can be quite. You actually probably put in a lot more hours than you would than I did as a nurse. Um, obviously, you have to have the right lighting equipment. Uh, that all that kind of stuff is very expensive, but it's very time consuming as well to make sure you have enough content. You know, they say you should have ten to eighteen or ten to twelve stories a day on Instagram to maintain. You know, you have to be on TikToks. The name of this game is truly traffic. And when you think about how difficult it is to gain traffic, um, even people that buy their followers, I've never done that because I'm all I'm only interested in the conversion of followers to OnlyFans because I'm interested in making money. But a lot of people um want bigger accounts and and such but that in itself is quite expensive. Um, there's marketing dollars, you know, you have to collab. You also have to pitch yourself, you know, you have to, um, try to get yourself out there, talk about things. You have to enter yourself in spaces that maybe they don't want you in. It's, it's just really, there's a lot to it. And, you know, especially with the OnlyFans side, if you offer a service, you know, your, your messaging, I mean, I wake up to 500 plus messages a day. I mean, it's, it's very time consuming and, That in itself, a lot of people will hire people to do that for them. I don't, but it's, it's a lot, it's a lot of work, you know, and you have to look the part. So there's the fitness aspect of it and there's just, it's so much that you have to think about and especially growing when you're looking to grow your business long-term, you know, you want to build a brand.
1: Good Lord. I can barely make it through a dozen emails, let alone Mm -hmm. 500 messages. It's a lot. So have you established a, a a daily routine? Are you Monday through Friday, or what what's your weekly schedule look like then?
0: yeah, at this time i'm I'm actually moving and buying a house, so I'm a little bit in limbo, but ideally, what my schedule is like is I like to plan um, at, you know obviously wake up in the morning i you know checking emails um, and then getting to some of the messages which can take hours and then I obviously do those throughout the day and then even in the evening take another couple hours to get through messages um, but you know, during the day, it's a lot of, uh, you know, editing. The editing is is probably the most time consuming editing of your content. Uh, that takes hours upon hours. And that's very difficult, you know, especially when you're talking video content and sound and et cetera. So that, you know, is a lot. And then I usually plan two days a week of content days where it's literally you wake up in the morning and it's just you get ready and you turn on the cam and you just start getting different content and you have to. You know, go through all your requests, see what things are coming up. And that's the other aspect of this business. Is you have to always be changing and switching it up and keeping it interesting. Otherwise, it's just the same thing over and over. So I think that in itself, that creativity, you have to maintain that mindset. But that's kind of how typical schedule, you know, would work for me. Um, my situation is a little different because I'm also running, you know, wet space, another business. So um a lot of my stuff I have to streamline. I have to be very cautious with my time.
1: so you start to um, i'm sure hear about crypto probably around two thousand and seventeen or so. <laughs> How do you get approached by uh, the come Rockets experience, and I'm assuming it was an ICO token at some point. Can you tell us more about that experience?
0: Yeah, so here's my experience prior to um, August of last year. Um, I own some Dogecoin. I got in before the Elon pump, and that's about the extent of my crypto knowledge at that point. Um, one thing I started noticing is a lot of um, what I considered at the time, you know, uh, bigger models and creators were posting a lot of stuff about crypto. And I started to think, well, I don't know what it is, but I know it's obviously becoming popular and I need to be a part of it. Um And I I got involved with Come Rocket at that point. You know they had uh, reached out and wanted to discuss some stuff with me. And so uh, at that point, you know, it was just about being a part of their NFT launch, launching, um, you know, some NFTs which did really successful and great. But as I started watching and really looking at long term, like the protection of your content, and I started to see this could really fit in the adult space more so than what I think the general people thought it just being a coin i started to look at it as you could put your content on the blockchain and protect it and you know you would have piracy issues and so i was looking at things that way but one of the things i learned while a part or you know working with cumrocket is that this coin situation will never work with the adult coins and that's very unfortunate because a lot of people will invest up front in that and it's a pump and dump i mean it truly is and it really takes advantage of creators fans. And I did not like that, which is why I did not promote or have my fans go to things because you really have, they have two masters, you know, you have the investors, but then you have the creators who if they want to cash out. Like we want our money right away. That's what we do. And that ultimately was making the coin not stable. You know, obviously it was too volatile and that coin now is in the gutter because of that. And I just didn't think that balance was ever going to work for any coin at all. And it made me think, why does there have to be a specific coin? Like, why do we have to use that coin in particular? Why can't people just pay for content in any crypto? And that's when I really started learning and thinking about things.
1: That's a fascinating experience. And, and I think one that's all too familiar with many people. So thank you for sharing that. And so you, you become disillusioned by that experience and, and the sentiment of, I need to do my own thing and be responsible for my own Uh, content and platform uh, due to the OnlyFans experience starts to plant that seed in your mind. And so you take matters into your own hands again, (laughs) and you launch Wetspace, which you describe as liberating and self-empowering for women and adult entertainers. So please tell us about Wetspace and and what you hope to do, have it do for uh, women and adult entertainers.
0: Yeah, so Wetspace will be a subscription-based platform, very similar to Like and OnlyFans. Um, obviously, it'll have far more superior features and such because I'm a creator and I'm designing it. You know, I'm, I'm my input's there, so I know what we need to make do our business well. Um, but the unique thing about Wetspace is it will be crypto-based. Um, and not just any coin. We don't have a coin. That's not what we're doing. Uh, we will be accepting multiple stable coins, BUSD, USDT, um, Ethereum, we will accept as well. Um, we are obtaining smart contracts on that. So while we would love to accept every coin possible, we can only do with what's in our means and what you know the smart contracts allow. But what I thought about it, and the reason why crypto is decentralized, obviously, and so you could build your business on web space. Now, mind you, I'm not leaving OnlyFans myself. I am remaining on OnlyFans at this time, but to not have to worry about banks or something coming in and changing things and getting that 30-day notice from whatever platform you're on. Because if it's not OnlyFans, it could be Fansly. It could be any of those platforms that accept fiat is really where I felt like it's going to create that stability for creators. Um, Crypto in itself is becoming more mainstream. It's more accepted widely. The government's accepting it at this point. Um, And so I think people will, if they didn't know about crypto, they're going to start knowing more and more about it. But I also was really thinking about the amount of fans that I have that reach out to me that cannot be on OnlyFans for anonymity reasons and how WetSpace is truly going to provide the medium for them as well to consume content. So what I've told, you know, say to creators out there is this is an audience that you're likely not tapping into yet. You know, these are people that they won't be on OnlyFans because their CPA will see their bank statements or their wife, or you know, you use your bank statements for so much. So that in itself, I think, for the fan side of things, is it's a place for them to consume content privately. Um, and as well for the creator, it's a way for them to create content and sell it essentially privately because you know, they would, their money would go directly into a crypto wallet and then they can cash it as they please, but no one ever sees that they're getting paid by OnlyFans monthly. So it really, it solves quite a few issues there in itself. And um, for creators, the main driving force behind it was the stability of knowing that, um, you know, we don't answer to anyone but the creators. There's no banks telling us what we can and can't do. And so I think that's the future of crypto and in the adult space. I don't think it's the tokens. I don't think it's a particular coin. I think it's just use crypto to pay for your content.
1: So your rationale is you're opening it up to as many tokens within your your cryptocurrencies within your means. uh, And that is reasonable for you uh, because it allows that user base uh, to be broader than if you were just to have one cryptocurrency. Is that the rationale or the additional reasons?
0: Um, Well, the audience is larger because these are people that probably messaging creators offline for PayPal or Venmo or cannot do transactions on OnlyFans. So when I speak of a larger audience, that's what I'm referring to is these are people that probably have always wanted to purchase content, but they can't because they literally have to tell OnlyFans everything about themselves and give their credit card, et cetera. So that in itself will be a different um, audience than creators have because there's not another platform that allows that. The multitude of coins really just gives the creator and the fan the ability to use whatever currency they want. And the creator will be able to turn off certain ones if she doesn't want to accept you know, Ethereum. She doesn't have to. And um, you know, that's the stable coins in themselves makes it kind of solves the problem that I've seen with Cum Rocket because you're not gonna wait, you know, one morning you have a hundred dollars in your account and the next morning it's you know 60. There's the volatility is so minimal there with the stable coins that it's truly like. Just basically like an electronic gift card. I mean, that's the best way I I try to explain it to people who are not in crypto um, and don't want to know too much about crypto is it's just a way to transact without having to use regular fiat.
1: So you're trying to remain essentially agnostic to the token itself?
0: To, yeah, to any token, yes.
1: How are you, how's the platform handling KYC and, and anonymity?
0: Well, we have four attorneys. Um, this is something that was very important to me um, and my partners is the KYC process. There is a level of what you're supposed to do and then what you have to do. And then, you know, obviously there's other things you can do to protect yourself. Um, our KYC process in terms of what the user experiences will be very similar to most sites that, you know, they've signed up on, you know, you take the picture, their ID, et cetera. That KYC process for the user is not going to be much different. On our end, what WetSpace is doing is we are actually, it's the record keeping that we are required to have. And then what we could also have, we can keep more records so that we're even double protecting ourselves. The last thing we want is down the road them to string, you know, get more strict with their rules on the KYC, which is I believe what happened to Pornhub back in the day, um, is they they wanted them to be doing more and they didn't have these records, so they had to actually close down and stop paying and until they got all that. So we're taking it a step above um, our record keepings. We're going to have also third party that helps keep those as well. So, um, you know, in the event that something comes up, we can show that we have done above and beyond what is actually required of us. Um, and it's it's costing extra money to do that. But at the end of the day, I think it's worth it than building this wonderful platform and then having some little small hang up in that way. Um, We're also taking seriously a lot of um, collaborations and release forms as far as creators that collab together and making sure that we actually have um, you know, a consent form uploaded with the video. We've got some really cool features that will allow them to do that right in the moment. And that in itself is a a lot of protection as well, because, and it's not something we have to do, but it's necessary because we don't know that the creator in the film is actually, obviously they've not been KYC'd. So they have to be KYC'd if they're going to be on the platform as well.
1: Correct me if I'm wrong, but is the anonymity part on the user end, so they, they have to KYC to access the platform, but the, the payments themselves are not necessarily tracked because they're using a, a cryptocurrency. Is that correct? Correct.
0: Only the creator will need to be KYC. The okay. buyer can literally connect a MetaMask or a trust wallet, Coinbase, a wallet, and just have a wallet name. I mean, gotcha. you, know, you you would never even know who it is. So, Yeah.
1: Well, please tell us about the the features that uh, Wetspace will have that other platforms do not.
0: Yeah. I mean, as a creator, all creators, I'm sure, could say this on every platform. Oh, I wish they had this or I wish they had that. Well, th- that is literally what I've done. And, you know, we have quite a bit of ambassadors and affiliates, um, other creators that have really helped pitch in on this, too, of things that, you know, we wish other platforms had. So are um, things that maybe the general public won't understand, but even as much as our chat features and our labeling and our ability to sort inboxes and um, categorize and that kind of thing is something big. We'll have obviously NFTs. Um, We are going to be working on the live stream as well. That's going to be very superior. Um, We're going to actually have a lot of things that are built in kind of like a discord where they can have channels where they can talk with other models. We will have the ability for the creator to revenue split. So if they upload a video, they could literally say 20% to this creator, 20% to this. And when the money comes in, it'll just split the wallets instantly. So it's very, very slick. Um, We have a discovery feature, which is one thing OnlyFans does not have. Um, We will actually have, it's very much like an Instagram. It feels, and that, that was important to us to... Make something that was familiar, but there'll be a discovery feature where um, one of the coolest things I think is that when the user signs up, they can select categories of different things that they're into that they like, whether that's blondes, MILFs, whatever it be. And the creator also can tag their videos with these labels and themselves so that we could marry the two. So then in that particular user's feed and discovery, they're going to see lots of blondes or MILFs or whatever they have selected, which is really cool because that really gives so much more exposure for the creator, but also make the experience for the user on the platform very tailored. Um, Definitely will have an algorithm and it will be very, very smart. And over time, it will just only get better, kind of like your own Instagram, you know, your discovery starts to build. So that in itself is very cool um, and something we're very excited about. Uh, We also have a store. So on OnlyFans, you can't put all your pay-per-view in one place, you know, they don't have a store on there. You have to send it by hand to each person. Um, And a lot of girls have to use another platform for that. And so right on your profile, they'll be able to just kind of upload all their pay-per-view, put a price tag on it. They can sell right there. We're going to have social media managers built in. We have a management portal for management companies. So it's just everything that's come up. And I, every time we do one of our big calls, I just hear something else from a creator. I'm like, oh my gosh, we have to have that. Like makes perfect sense. But I think even just the UI, the user interface of it is just so much more, um, it's built to, um, for the creator to be able to maximize their potential for business. And that's, you know, obviously where my, my priorities were.
1: And so you're currently in a beta phase, correct?
0: We are. Mm-hmm.
1: When are you hoping to go live?
0: Uh, we're hoping to go live, uh, within maybe two weeks. Actually, I, I was hesitant to give a date because here's the thing we had initially had a date and I'm not putting out a crap product. Like I'm, I'm a little bit over the top. My development team probably wants to kill me by now, but I, it's very important to me. First impressions are lasting and we don't want lags. We don't want things that aren't operable that aren't working. Um, and so a lot of our beta testing has been really testing, trying to break the system, like upload a 30 minute video, see what happens, you know, like that kind of thing. Or this isn't a stupid spot. Like this is not very, you know, this isn't, we should move this button or what have you. And it's a lot of just user stuff. And so we're learning a lot through the beta testing phase and also working out a lot of kinks that you, you would never be able to discover unless you actually had users in there testing. And so it's been, um, it's been great. And I, you know, we will launch when we feel like the product is is ready and you know that's important to me is the first impressions.
1: So do you eventually transition away from OnlyFans when of course when what space is successful?
0: You know, I um I'm very careful on my interviews. I I definitely don't have anything against OnlyFans. I they've been great to me. I'm in great communications with them. I don't see how I would ever shut down a platform that's profitable. I have other platforms that I don't really do a lot on that make money. And I don't see the need to um, shut those down. Is it slightly a conflict for me being on wet space? Maybe, but wetspace space is also crypto based. So it's not a direct competitor at all with only fans. Uh, we don't accept fiat. And so um, I will definitely keep my only fans as long as I have um, fans on there and content that I will continue to upload there. And that's just, um, you know, as I build, continue to build on wet space, that's great too. But I think you know, that for now, that's definitely not an option to close it down.
1: Congratulations on on all your success and uh, incredible amount of work that you put into this. I have no doubt it'll pay off for you. The last question that I ask every person is what gives them hope? So Allie Ray, what gives you hope? What gives me hope?
0: My children. They do. They give me hope. They're a whole nother generation of just life. And especially my youngest, he's just Yeah, When I look at my kids, I think, you know, they give me hope. They definitely do.
1: Wonderful. Well, please tell the listeners where they can find you and in Wetspace.
0: Uh, You can find me at theallyray.com and then Wetspace is wetspace.com. And you'll find all the links that you need. And you can learn more about Wetspace if you're a creator. Definitely sign up. Um, as app, we we'll go through applications daily. We're trying to onboard as many creators as we can. So um, I definitely would encourage them to do so. It's going to be great.
1: Fantastic. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, thank you.